This is a podcast from Minute Media. Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is yours duly, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio. Welcome to the 200th episode of Slasher Radio. My name is Bones, and I am joined by the great Cat Valora. What's going on, Cat? Hello, not much. We don't got a Humphrey. I know. It's been a vacation this week. (laughs) (laughs) We took a trip out to Cape Cod, right? This episode, don't worry, guys. This episode will not be completely Humphrey free. Rob has some uh, stuff, important stuff, actually, to attend to. So he couldn't make this recording session, but you will hear him later on in the show. We have a very busy show this week, and it's probably going to be a very long episode. But um, we do have our three-man three slash woman booth because we are joined by Ghost. Hello. Ghost, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Ghost, how does it feel that you're Rob's backup? Um, that feels terrible. I am I'm leaving now. That's it. I'm done. Uh I am not Rob's backup. I am better than Rob. I was just Ooh. gonna suggest that we replace <laughs> Rob with you. I I'm down. This could be our new weekly arrangement. Yeah. I'm trying to tell which could be worse for me. <laughs> uh, Notice how little fighting there there is about to be during yeah. the interview. Uh, uh, uh I, the bit there was was all against me. Yeah, see, no, this, this yeah, but uh, I instigated it. You're stuck with me. Yeah, no, yeah, cat did instigate it. Cat's like the like, do you and Rob take turns <laughs> yachting me? Can you imagine how much worse it would have been if Rob had been here instead of Ghost, though? Oh, fuck me, Lord Almighty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, see, thanks, cat. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, that, that is true. This would have been a very annoying episode. To deal with Rob, although I don't think going forward will be much better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this kind of this lineup would be, you know, we're getting into Halloween. We have a lot planned for Halloween and for October in general. And uh, I think this is kind of a nice cruise into October. Like next week, we're doing our Patreon pick. So um, th- this is like our last episode of, of September. And I think this is like, you know, with creepypastas and horror writing and horror museums like this what better way to go into october exactly what we do have lined up this week is the great william dolphin uh you guys if you're familiar with him you know him through his work with creepypasta all his writing lily Madweb, all that stuff and all-time horror fan really is what i i get from william the most and he's here to talk everything creepypasta he also was promoting his book don't look away 35 terrifying tales from the corners, which you can pick up on Amazon. And he, we got into a nice talk about horror, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we did. Big Freddy fan. That, that wouldn't have went down if Rob was here. Oh, no. 
<laughs> you would not have allowed that much Freddy Krueger. Not without saying uh, some defamatory things about Freddy. I know. Yeah, you know, like I, I like anyone who listens to this show understands how um um what's the nicest way to put it? <laughs> Humanly uh deformed. No, not deformed, but there's something wrong with Rob's head is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. And you know, it, it's just it's too much. Like he, how do you talk shit about Freddy Krueger? Like really? All the time. I don't get it either. Uh, yeah, so uh, we have that coming up, uh, an, an interview with William coming up, and we also are sitting with Jason Kloos, who started up his own monster gallery, and it's called uh, the Monster uh, the Long Island Monster Gallery. You can go check that out. We'll get to all the places, LongIslandMonsterGallery.com. They have Facebook. All the, We'll get to all that later. Uh, it's pretty much a, a museum, wax museum of horror. Man, I'm excited about it too. Right? It sounds really cool. I I don't I never understood like the celebrity wax museums and all that. Like I never got it. Like who the hell wants to go and stare at a wax Rihanna? You know, like I did that. Did you? I did when I was in Tennessee. It's pretty cool. I I mean You're the one in Tennessee. Yeah, I was in Nashville. Okay. Yeah, so I went to, there's one in Tennessee. I went. It was it was really cool cuz the best part is when they fuck up and it doesn't really look like the person. That is kind of fun. Um, that's really fun, but I don't know. It was an experience. That's fair. All right. Well, I personally never understood it, but this I can get down with because like these aren't real people. Like we can't see them, you know, other than in movies. And it's kind of cool. Like they're, they're kind of bringing that to reality in a way. And I love that shit. And uh, I will be going soon. Definitely. Definitely. Ooh. You. Yeah, I'm going to take the hike. You've got to let me know how it is. I I kind of yeah. want to drive down there. I've been looking for an excuse to take a road trip to anything. Um, <laughs> so you just want some dirty water hot dogs. I do. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Fair enough. They're good. Uh, so we got that coming up. But we're gonna talk everything in detail of that. Um, this this is like like I mentioned the 200th episode. I wanted to just say uh, next week is going to be the week of our anniversary. Uh, It's going to be four years. Wow. God damn. Yeah. Four years of slasher radio. And this being the 200th episode going into the anniversary episode. I don't know if we're going to have anything. We probably won't have anything extra for the week. Uh, It'll be our episode that week. But I, I feel like the 200th episode is kind of a big deal as well. And like, it's just crazy thinking that uh, th- there's been 200 plus with bonus episodes and shit episodes of this show. And I, I'm mad that Rob's not here, but I, I feel like this show has had so many iterations and uh, with past hosts. And if people remember long enough, Corner Pocket, uh, Bobby, Dismay. You know, it, it's gone through so many different feels and and sounds, and because I, I think they all kind of brought different things. But I feel like, honestly, this is the most fun I've had doing this show. Oh, and, and I'm being completely honest. This is lately, it's been the most fun I've had doing this show. Uh, I, I feel like we have a really, really good dynamic 
with uh, Kat, Rob, myself. And I, there, there was a, a kind of a spell where like we were just going, I feel like we were going through motions or this was before, you know, now like it was, I, I personally was just going through motions. We we're putting out shows every week, talking about stuff because we had to record something. And there was a little bit of a drought emotionally for me yeah. in doing the show to the point where um, I had talked after Bobby had left, you know, like me and him obviously being very close. Uh, there was, uh, you know, like not much motivation on my part. And I kind of, was just gonna pretty much say, eh, you know, it had a good run and did a lot of cool shit, and you know, the chapters like it's over. But you know, Rob offered to do the show with me, and that was a lot of fun. And as much shit as I give Rob, and I'm glad he's not here for me to say this, <laughs> Rob's fucking awesome. Rob brings a lot to this show, and I, I feel, and I then when Cat had joined on, like you know, I, I like the three motion thing. You know, if two people agree on something, it's boring. So, you know, uh, a, a third character, quote unquote, is, I think, a better dynamic. So, you know, we went on and we're, you know, looking for another host and that could be really fucking bad. You know? <laughs> so, you know, we, we were just kind of going to do a rotating door and see what happened. And honestly, I feel Cat brings a ton to this show as well. And in so in a, a bunch of different ways. And I wanted to say, Kat to you and and Rob, who I hope is not listening to this, like <laughs> you guys really have motivated me in a way that I haven't felt for this show in a long time. And I just wanted to say thank you to you guys. Oh, I'm so glad. And Rob's gonna have to listen to this. It proves that you do like fun. God damn it. You've been having fun. <laughs> yeah. And Ghost, too, has been a, a big part of the show as well. She helps with a lot of things that nobody even knows that she helps with. Um, and, and like I, I just feel like even as far as the people who listen to the show, uh, William is has become a friend of the show. He's awesome. I are Chris, as crazy as he is. <laughs> and as, as much as I want to get into a mud wrestling match with the man sometimes, Chris is the fucking man, dude. Like, I love Chris. Like, Chris is fun. I've never met anybody like IR Chris, and I mean that in the best possible way. Like, he's just so fucking cool and fun. And, you know, you got Greg and, and Brittany on Twitter and so many other people. Uh, Jake. J Jake is fucking awesome. I love Jake. There's so many people to go through, and I feel like we're getting a lot more people. Anika on Twitter, who has been going back and forth with a lot of our stuff, and, it, it's, and uh, Rich, Nate, Jinx, Jinx is the fucking man. Uh, Semi, who who watches us on Twitch, he comes to chill with us and just a good fucking time. Love Semi. Semi's such a good dude. Nesto is like, I don't even know what to call Nesto. Nesto sometimes he's sweet, sometimes he's sour. He's sour patch kid. He's a bear trap. That guy, he, <laughs> he really is. I love Nesto, and I like I I just love the community that we have built on the show because like doing the show i've been having a blast with you guys but like i feel like just everything about it makes it that much sweeter that is so nice to hear i just i, I felt that i had to get it out and i mean it, it's anniversary season like four years and wow like i feel like the show is at its best which is crazy <laughs> i mean from 
an outsider's perspective, I guess I'm not really because I have been on quite a few times, but like you can tell with the content that you guys are putting out, you guys are having a good time with it. It's not something that it's like, oh, fuck, we got to record this week. I got to do this, this, this and this. It's like you can tell that you guys are having a good time while you're doing it. And it makes it that much more enjoyable for us listening to be like, oh, man, I can tell they're really enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, and then that's what it's been, you know, because like, I had there went through that where it's like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta record. But yeah, you know, I haven't really, I haven't felt like that in a long time, which is wild. Four years in, um, yeah. Thank you, everybody listening and all that good shit. Um, I appreciate you guys. Is what, what I'm trying to say. And thanks for uh, having me on for keeping me around. Are you kidding me? I did not know I was uh, so a rotating door position. I just walked in and stayed. <laughs> but look what happened, though. In all honesty, that was the plan. Because, you know, just, just picking, like, there has to be a chemistry there. Yeah. You know, no matter how much somebody knows about anything or even how entertaining they are, if there's no chemistry, it means nothing. And I think our chemistry, uh, even with Rob, is great. <laughs> and... But that was the plan. But in all honesty, we didn't have anybody else on. <laughs> it was Cat, and it's like, wow, Cat's cool as shit. <laughs> like, let's have Cat on again. And it, it's just, like, I, I feel like it organically just went that way. Cat sat down in her seat and said, "Nah, I'm not leaving. This is my seat now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, just... I'm gonna go back and forth, annoying both these motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the first thing I'm doing is making them watch Saw. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. It was. Cat yeah. got it out of the way early, man. You mm -hmm. still managed to piss him off more than that cat. Wait, oh, I go. know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, good job. You would think Saul would have been the absolute lowest you could have got him, but no nope. managed. <laughs> good for you. And I'm not done yet. Where? <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I know. It's leaked over to me. So <laughs> this is great. Um. All right, guys. Uh, I, I I've spieled enough. Oh, um, we need to tell you about ball sacks and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh. Say everybody have seen my balls, they're big and salty and brown. If you ever need a quick pick me up, just stick my balls in your mouth. Ooh, forgot about balls. How do you forget about balls? It's because Rob's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Rob does remind me of a hairy, sweaty ball sack. Which is your, your ball sack will not be hairy. If you go to manscaped.com and you can save yourself some cash, you can get yourself free shipping by using the fansided 20 promo code. Guys, the lawnmower 4.0, the Jason X of the ball trimmers, it's out there. It's ready for you to purchase and slap on your nuts. Don't slap on your nuts. That would, <laughs> that would hurt. Ouch. Gently um, uh, protrude onto your nuts. They've got safety technology. Slap it where you want. <laughs> there you go. Cat living on the edge. All right. <laughs> uh, Rob's not here. Someone has to give bad advice. <laughs> I volunteered. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, they also have the ball deodorant, which is a lifesaver. We're getting out of the hotter, hotter weather lately, so. Uh, but still, it, it, you feel a difference, guys. I, I feel like it should be the new normal. Like if you see somebody and you know their pits are stanking or something, and you go, oh, "Did you put on deodorant?" There, sh you should be able to look someone dead in the eye and go, "You put on ball deodorant today, man? Like what the fuck is wrong with you?" Uh, and Ghost, you ordered a lawnmower 4.0. I did order a lawnmower 4.0. It came in the fanciest fucking box I've ever seen. It was crazy. Do you have it on the stand? 
It is in my shower right now because I did use it recently. So, okay, so not on the stand. Yeah. Not on the stand, oh. no, but it is in the shower. All right, well, what are your thoughts? Uh, we've been telling everybody how great the Manscaped product is. You actually used the FanSided 20 promo code. I did. I used the promo code. It shipped quickly. It came in. I was so excited to open it and use it. And it's actually a lot easier to use than I thought it was going to be. And it gets as close as, like, any other razor I've used, which is really, really nice. So you don't have to keep buying more razor blades and shit. Uh, on your reusable one it's just it's there and you just put it right in the port and charge it and the charge lasts for a pretty long time i mean i haven't really had to charge it at all so that's nice all right. so i really like it there you go smooth as yeah. egg so your balls are smooth uh sure okay just wanted that on record so all right there you go guys <laughs> it's it's approved it's female approved apparently yes, ladies so, um don't think you can't get yourself there i'd stay away from the ball deodorant because I still have not used the ball deodorant. <laughs> so. I will not use the ball deodorant. Uh, I got it for free and I still don't know what to do with it, but. <laughs> I think she can. Having a ball deodorant on her kitchen table just staring at it going, mm. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck can I do with you? <laughs> Listen, honestly, you mentioned earlier too, like, ah, oh, the weather's not as warm recently, but guys, you go to the gym, use your ball deodorant. Oh, okay? Because yeah. y'all are Stanky when you leave the gym. So please, for the love of God. Oh, th there's a lot of situations. Uh, and like, like I said, it should be every day. It should. Guys doing normal shit sometimes in the right condition, though the wrong conditions. It's not it's not good. <laughs> Throw that out there. But ball deodorant, <laughs> seriously, fellas, you do feel it. Believe me. If if nothing else, I always say, if nothing else, at least go check that out. So uh fan side of twenty. Uh, get yourself 20% off free shipping. All right, guys, we are going to kick you over to our chit chat with Jason at the Long Island Monster Gallery. Very interesting stuff there. Followed up by our interview with William Dalfin, author, creepypasta writer, all that good stuff. And we will catch you after that. Enjoy. We are joined with a special guest, Jason from the Long Island Monster Gallery. Jason, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks so much for having me today. Pleasure is all ours. What the hell you got going on, man? I seen, uh, I seen the, your Monster Gallery online. Looks amazing. Uh, actually, before I, I did want to ask you real quick before we get into it. What what's your background of of your like, where did your love for because obviously there's passion here. Where did that come from for the horror genre for you? Uh, well, God, I mean, I, I've just loved horror uh, as far back as I can remember. I, really, uh, it's all thanks to my parents. Uh, you know, we we had I had grown up grown up going to Universal Studios and 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 all that type of stuff. And I've always just been infatuated with horror and monsters, specifically the classics. I mean, uh, you know, my dad would give me all the old horror comics and things like that. And um, it just turned into this crazy, uh, I mean, I would call it basically an obsession at this point, as I'm sure most of us would with the genre. Right. It just turned into this crazy passion and, and love for the horror genre and, and monsters, you know, and it evolved from there. And uh, 
I feel like I can speak for most of us is that like the older I get, you know, the more in depth and the more involved I get in the genre and the community. And um, it all just kind of kind of led to this point with me opening the business. Okay. What are some movies that really kickstarted you into that? Because I know like me, it would probably be Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, as much crap as I get for it, the leprechaun, you know, like it, it, I feel like people sometimes have obscure stuff. What what were some movies that really cemented you early? Yeah, well, I'll tell you something funny is one of the first, you know, quote unquote horror movies uh, that I saw is when I was super young. I mean, I must have been like it's five, six years old. My uh, my father showed me Jaws. And uh, I, I, I'm not sure why, but he had showed it to me and uh, I was completely traumatized by the whole thing. And, um, I, you know, I was freaked out. And uh, I think even still, I, it's the, like the reason I don't want to go in the water. Um, and in a way, I was like super startled and scared by it. But I also think for whatever reason, it kickstarted my love for this genre and horror and like being scared, you know, and like the power of uh uh, like horror, like cinema and, and what it can do and how it can make you feel and all that. Um, so it's uh, I would not say Jaws is my favorite horror movie, but it's definitely the one that kind of kickstarted this whole um, obsession with horror. I would say my my favorite really lies like within the classics. You know, I'm 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 really big with Frankenstein, like the Universal Monsters, mm. all the old black and whites. Um, you know, I, I grew up just looking and with the, looking at these monsters and I had like all the old, the, the toys and everything like that. And, um, it's, it's, yeah, my heart really lies within like the classics, you know, the true classics, the universal monsters. Okay. That actually leads into something I wanted to ask as well. Uh, well, before we even get there, I guess, from what I'm just looking at your website, because I have not, uh, visited the gallery yet. But from the website, what I gather is this is like a celebrity wax museum for the world of horror. Am I right? Am I wrong? It, you know, pretty much let everyone know exactly what they get walking through the door. Uh, sure. So, yeah, it, it's a bit of that. I mean, really, what we are is we're an art gallery. Um, we're just a very like a highly immersive art gallery. Um, so when you come in, you're, you'll, you'll feel it. It's a spooky atmosphere. We've really themed the gallery very well. Um, but what we do is we just have these life-size monsters, um, on display for you to come take pictures with, and we let you get really, really, really up close to them. So you can appreciate, uh, the detail that the artists have put, put into them. Um, most of our monsters, they're all done by different, um, most of our monsters are done by different artists. And uh, they, it's really their take on the monster, you know, so they've sort of brought this monster out of the screen. And this is uh, their take on what they would look like if they were standing right in front of you. So we have two floors and you can see, uh, I think now we have over 30 monster displays that wow. you can come see and take pictures with. And uh, we were adding things right up until last night, I think maybe like five minutes before <laughs> we opened the doors, you know, it's been that type of deal. And uh, yeah, it really is just a very highly immersive art gallery. It's not a haunted house. It, it's nothing like that. Nobody's going to pop out at you. Nobody's hmm. going to scare you, chase you out with a chainsaw. Um, nothing like that. You're in a spooky atmosphere. Uh, super detailed, you know, we want you to feel like you're almost like you're in a haunted castle. That's sort of what we were going for. Uh, but you really can just to come appreciate the monsters and uh, take pictures with them. You have 45 minutes once you, you book a reservation 
And now uh, we let you go in and the, the gallery is yours for 45 minutes. We also have some really cool display stands and uh, we have behind the scenes photos of some of the uh, actors, you know, have uh, putting on their makeup and, and sort of things like that. So when you leave, we really want you to have uh, an appreciation for the genre and uh, what some of these actors had to endure to look like these figures that are standing in front of you. When you talk about it being the artist's take on the monsters, there's nothing crazy like a purple Frankenstein's monster or anything, is there? Not yet. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, not yet. I can't I can't promise what we'll dip into in the future, but we don't have any purple Frankensteins yet. <laughs> All, right. All right. That looks like a big menacing grimace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not yet. <laughs> we have, though, uh, it's funny you say that uh, after we get through our Halloween season, we're also going to reopen the place for the holidays and we're going to do uh, our take on like Nightmare Before Christmas and some of like the, the Christmas slash Halloween movies. We're going to revamp the whole place and do a brand new exhibit for it. But after we get through uh, all that cool stuff, we are thinking of doing some type of exhibit for artists where they can display their original monsters. So uh, if you were looking to see a, a purple Frankenstein, that might be that might be your time. Yeah, that'd be cool. It <laughs> would be. Um, so what what goes through? Because back to when you said Frankenstein and all your original classics, how do you pick? Because looking through your website and your social media, you guys have an Instagram and all that. Looking through, I've seen everything from Freddy Krueger to uh, Exorcist to Frankenstein and some of the originals. How did you select what you wanted in there or was this maybe more of like an artist thing like what went went to choosing what exhibit you guys would have yeah uh my my goal with the gallery really it's my personal collection that i've acquired uh over the the past few years um so of course there's a lot of things in there that i love but once I had the space and once I started working with artists uh, to, to bring things in specifically designed for my space, um, I really went in with the idea that I wanted to hit something for everybody within the genre. So it's not just horror. There's also um, classic Halloween in there. There's also like a little touch of sci-fi, you know, like there's something for everybody in there. We've had you know, adults come in and, and absolutely love it and freak out over the, the universal monsters. And then we also have kids come in there who are as young as five, six years old and uh, love some of the more very classic uh, Halloween stuff that we have. So it truly is family friendly. You know, we're not trying to scare anybody. We want everybody to come in um, and appreciate it. So I really I really went in with the goal that we hit a little bit of everything within the genre. You know, we have things that are like massive sci-fi, like, you know, eight feet tall. Their heads are like scraping the ceiling of our building. And then we have, you know, little uh, smaller thing. We have like gremlins and we have things from the Twilight Zone. We really tried to touch upon a little bit of everything. Okay. I, I love the, you know, because yeah, there's all different doors to horror, you know, like, and there's room for the haunts and, you know, people to come and scare the shit out of you. But I also love what you're doing kind of bringing more of a appreciative level of it and opening the door to more of a family atmosphere because uh like when me and you had talked uh prior like my daughter is starting to get into horror you know and i i mm -hmm. like that there's something because you know there are some she, well i don't know if she would go to any of the haunts she might not be there yet but there <laughs> is something where i can freely bring her and she can see and 
and almost normalize it to younger uh, a younger audience uh, is, is that I'm, I'm assuming that's something that was pretty important to you as well yeah i i've been saying uh you know to people who are asking about the, the age limit and this and that there is no age limit um i think that our you know, our gallery is like a really nice stepping stone toward a haunted house. Right. Um, you know, cause you don't have the, the intimidation and the fear of what's behind the door and is somebody going to pop out and scare me and it's going to be pitch black. And it's really not that there, we don't want anybody running out of exits or anything like that. It's, it, it's a nice uh, opportunity to work yourself up to some of the scarier stuff. I am like a huge advocate for haunted houses and uh, I'm very involved in the haunted attraction community as well. And I have such an appreciation um, for, for what some of the haunts out there do. And, you know, I, I walk through and because I love it so much, I just look at the detail that they put into the, the sets and the props and I'm just absolutely floored. Um, but I know that a lot of people don't, they're so scared, you know, and they, they run through and they, they don't see, um, you know, how much time and effort and energy is put into these sets. Um, so, you, you know, my goal here was for you to, to be able to get in there and, and really take a look at things and take your time without that, uh, you know, that constant feeling that somebody's going to pop out and scare you and you have to rush through the place. Um, you got, you get the 45 minutes in there and we, ha we've had people use all, 45 minutes, you know, right, right up until the last 30 seconds, there's so much to see and there's so much to read and, and learn about the monsters. I, I think it's great for kids. I think it's great for adults and everybody in between, really, that that was our goal with this place, you know, to just make it uh, to fun, spooky, but, but super family friendly, a nice stepping stone toward some of the, the scarier Halloween events and attractions that are out there. That's smart because, you know, you got people like me, like I don't play with haunted houses at all. So, like I'm the guy who I don't notice any details because I'm running full speed with my eyes closed, knocking over children <laughs> and grandparents and everything else to get out the door. Yeah, taking out anybody in your way yep. right, to get exit. Yeah, it does not matter to me. I will step on your head to get out. Right. There are a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of people out there um, who just won't go through a haunted house, you know, and it's it's and and I get it. It it. it Listen, some of the haunts out there are are just fantastic. The the quality uh, that these guys are out there, the the quality and content that these these guys are out there doing, it's it's unbelievable and it's scary. And uh, they they know the industry and they know their stuff. So we just kind of wanted to counteract a little bit and uh, not necessarily be competition, but just something different. I have to say, like opening night. Um, and it's early in the season. I mean, it's, you know, it was September 18th where we opened up and we had a really nice turnout and uh, everybody came out wearing like horror hoodies and masks. And we had kids show up in zombie masks and Jason masks and things like that. And it was like a really cool, it felt like a really cool celebration of, of horror and monsters. And it was like a really refreshing, uh, a really refreshing feeling to have here on Long Island to know that there is a community out there that truly appreciates what, what we're trying to do, you know, and, and we embrace that. And we were just so excited to meet everybody and, and talk to everybody and uh, hear their take on it, their feedback, you know, on the, on the whole exhibit. That's so awesome to hear, you know, and, but like I said, I've touched on a little bit earlier. I, I've never seen anything like what you're doing and, and, you know, I'm sure it's out there. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there. 
but it's it doesn't get a lot of attention and i believe it it deserves it because it's such a a nice like you said like a nice middle ground to to everything that we don't see often it's something you can actually go in and truly appreciate you know and take your time with but i'm sure it's because you live out here but how important was it for you to do this on long island because Usually anywhere you find anything of this sort of what you're doing, it's in the city or a- any major city. Like, let, let's be honest, who the hell wants to go into Manhattan? You know right. what I mean? <laughs> and when I seen it, I was like, Long Island, Monster, I was like, holy shit, like, I don't have to go like on a subway to see this. Like, this is pretty cool. So the accessibility for anyone listening to this in New York um, or at the outskirts of it, you know, I, I love that you guys did this in a place where it's a lot better, um, a lot more accessible as opposed to like something like the city or anything like that. So I, I really like that aspect that it's out in a nice calm area, too. Yeah, that was um, it, it was very important for me to do it on Long Island because we like you had said, I mean, I, and me being a horror fan, Haunted House, Halloween Freak, you know, you're I you're traveling and I, I always felt like okay I'm going into the city or this weekend I'm going to Connecticut or I'm going to Jersey but there was never anything like right here in our own backyard you know um and we do have haunted attractions and all that and I have to say some of the ones we have on here on Long Island like you know like shout out to like Dark Side Haunted House I mean some of the haunts here on Long Island are, are super super well done mm-hmm. and they are operating at the utmost professional level. Um, you know, I would highly recommend them to any anybody who likes haunted houses, but we don't necessarily have something like this. We have things that are super, super family friendly, you know, like the pumpkin patches and things like that. And then we have the really scary stuff, but we didn't we didn't necessarily have anything that was like a nice, happy media. Right. So it was important for me to to do something because I, I, I know that there is a, a horror loving community here on on Long Island. So I just thought it would be a really nice opportunity uh, to bring to bring all these people together. I mean, I grew up on Long Island, you know, so I, I just thought it was it was just the perfect place. It was the perfect opportunity. And I think it was all confirmed, you know, when we had our opening night and uh, I saw everybody coming out, as I was saying, and like their monster, you know, merchandise and everything like that. It was just so cool to talk to people. And so many of the customers from opening night were saying exact, exactly what you were saying. Like, you know, we didn't have to drive into the city. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to, you know, drive three, four hours to get here. Like we're from Wontaw, we're from Merrick, we're from C- We're like, we're not far, you know, we'd love to come back and we'd love to check out your holiday show and this and that. So it's, it's really nice for us to be able to, to develop a relationship, you know, with our customers. Yeah. I think that's like the Long Island thing to do, you know, because you know, everything's it's it's pretty centralized, especially in, in like Merrick. Like it's pretty in the middle of everything. It's very busy, but it's not too busy. You can get to know people and grow that relationship. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about you had mentioned the the holiday stuff or like Christmas and all that. A lot of uh, horror Halloween themed things. Spirit Halloween is a perfect example. It comes and goes. You know, September it opens. A little after October, it closes and it's gone until a no, whole year from then. Uh, you guys aren't going anywhere, it seems like. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you were going to do the, the holiday stuff around Christmas, which is a phenomenal idea. I cannot wait to see that. Could you talk a little bit more about every all your artists 
personal collections and or work rather. Uh, and so this is going to be a year round thing that people can go and check out all throughout the year. Oh yeah. So the the intention with this place is um we we do not want to be a pop up. We don't right. want to be something that's there and then we're gone. You know, uh, there are so many pop ups happening in and out of the city in Long Island, and it's it's super cool. But we do want to be something of consistency, and we'd love to become a tradition for people, and we'd love to do things all year round. Uh, and that's our intention. So, you know, right. Like I said, we're going to do our Halloween season. We're going to reopen for the, the holidays and do an exhibit, you know, inspired by all the Tim Burton work and, and all that type of holiday stuff. And then we intend to do um, off season events as well, you know, and, and just uh, showcase different exhibits dedicated to monsters or specific movies or uh, specific TV shows and things of that nature. We really want this place to be a, a, a revolving door all year long, just as it would be with a regular art gallery, you know, that's changing up their exhibits constantly, you know, and uh, showcasing new artists and new artwork and things of that nature. We intend to do the same thing. I mean, I know for myself, I'm like, I'm Halloween all year round. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are so many people like that. I mean, I'm looking for Halloween things to do all the time. It, It could be the middle of winter, you know, and I'm craving. And if I see like, Oh, it looks like there's a horror expo happening in Jersey in February. I'm there. Yeah, I want to get like my fix of Halloween in the middle of the winter. So we'd love to give people that opportunity, something to look forward to. And, you know, you're here this month, but we already have something planned. We already were opening a whole new exhibit, you know, next month dedicated to so-and-so. So uh, th- that's our goal. You know, we don't want to just pop up and and then close down and disappear. We want to become like a permanent fixture in the community and uh, make like a home for for people who love this genre and you know want to be spooky like all year round, like like me and many of us. Yeah, right around Fourth of July, you could open up Crazy Jay's fireworks if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I do see a, a very cool possibility for like a bloody Valentine in February. Oh, absolutely. Love that. Absolutely. Franchise. What do you think? That, that's an awesome underrated franchise. Oh, my God. My Bloody Valentine would be so cool. I mean, yeah, we've discussed, um, you know, Vampire Valentine, mm. My Bloody Valentine. You know, there's so many angles and we could open. Uh, and you were saying Leprechaun, you know, we have opportunity in there for St. Patrick's Day. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, there's you. You're talking uh, to this poor man about the leprechaun. Yeah, don't you leave him alone? This one, <laughs> Jason. Have you? I'm. I don't mean to deter. Have you seen the leprechaun movies? I, I have. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Um, I like the leprechaun movie. There you go. I do. I stand by. I stand by you uh, on on that one. I actually tried. Um, we don't have. We don't have. We don't have him in there right now. Um, but that's not to say that he'll never be in there. Because I definitely think that he will, and I think he, I think he belongs in there. See, Rob. Yeah, sorry, Rob. I know that. <laughs> yeah. I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of hate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I catch a lot of crap for the Leprechaun. I can't understand why. It's not that you like the Leprechaun. It's that you like the Leprechaun so much. <laughs> That's why you catch flag for it. <laughs> Fair enough. That's an argument for another day. But but that, that goes to we just came up with a, a bunch of different things off the top of our head. And it's great that you keep that opportunity there because there's so many movies like, I mean, we could Krampus, you know, there's a million things for every holiday has a horror spin, you know, yeah. and it's really cool that you're taking advantage of that. It's like, oh, well, we're still here where, you know, we have horror themed art exhibits that you can come see year round, but 
also we could take advantage of that stuff and have fun with it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and something else that's important to me is that there are so many, you know, artists out there that specialize in the, the genre of horror mm-hmm. and Halloween. And um, I'm sure, and I know a lot of them are working year round and all that, uh, but they're, they're busy around the Halloween season and all that. Um, but it's, it would be really nice to just have uh, this place open all year round and, and provide like a platform and opportunity for, for artists to, show their artwork throughout the entire year. You know, it, it, it all gets so much attention around October and Halloween season. Um, but these artists are incredible. I mean, I, I really believe that the artists that work on these films and the, the figures in my museum, you know, the, the displays that we have, I just think they're some of the most incredible artists and special effects artists out there. I, I myself can't even believe um, the the level of detail that uh, goes into just creating one of the figures that that's displayed in the gallery. So um, to be able to provide a, a consistent uh, space for these artists to showcase their work was just really important to me. You know, this is we do have a, a really strong community. You know, for the genre. Um, so the more places like that, in my opinion, at least the more places like this we have the better. I agree. I agree a million percent. All right. So uh, I, I had another question lined up and I, oh, okay. So what, what would you say if you, and I know this is going to be a difficult question for you, but if you had to pick your favorite exhibit that's there right now, what would you, if you could tell someone to check out one thing, what would it be? Um, that's actually um that's actually fairly easy uh for me to answer at this point i would say that my favorite exhibit in there right now is the wicked witch of the west from the wizard of oz uh we have it on display from an artist by the name of chad o'connell uh from based out of salem massachusetts she is stunning uh the, the the detail from from head to toe is absolutely out of this world we everybody who had come out on opening night had said something about the Wicked Witch, you know, or had taken a picture with the Wicked Witch. She's absolutely unbelievable. Um, it really looks, it really looks as if you're standing in front of uh, Mar- Margaret Margaret Hamilton, you know, the actress who had played her. Um, the from the eyes and there's the, the teeth and the hair is hand punched and she's she's beautiful. She really is incredible. We are so <laughs> excited and thankful to have her. Um, you know, I walk in when I go by myself and everything and I shut the lights off at night. It's just it really looks like somebody's standing in the room with you. And a lot of them give off that that type of feeling. But she is so incredibly realistic and well done. So uh, that's definitely my favorite right now. OK, okay. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the Freddy Krueger. I seen you have the, the Elm Street sign. You have the Freddy. I'm looking very much forward to getting up close and personal. It's just. Uh, I was talking to my grandmother about it uh, recently, and it's just crazy how you guys are like just the concept in itself that draws me to it so much is that you're taking these characters off the off the movie screen and you're putting them in front of us. And it adds um, kind of to me like a little bit of a realism to them to a degree, you know, and it's just the concept all around is uh, I'm just such a huge fan of what you guys are doing. Thank you. 
Yeah, I um, I, well, first of all, Freddie is super cool. Mm. Um, he he looks awesome. He's another one of my fra- favorites, aside from the Wicked Witch, who is a more recent addition. Uh, definitely, Freddie is uh one of my absolute favorites in there. I would say we have also on um, the creeper from Jeepers Creepers, and oh, he's like shit. seven feet tall, and he is so intimidating. You know, like when you're standing right in front of him, his boots alone are like one, you know, a, a foot tall, and his his arms are massive, and he's got these crazy long nails coming off of them. Mm. So he's super. You know, he gives off this very intimidating vibe when you're standing in front of him. It's pretty cool because you see all these, you know, these creatures. On, on the screen, but it's, it's another thing when you're actually in the same room as them, you know, and you're, you're standing face to face. And uh, one thing that we really wanted to do with, with our gallery is um, make it a very intimate experience where you could get up close and personal. Um, So it's not, it's not like you're in a museum or anything where you would be, things are behind glass or things are behind cages and you, you observe from afar. We let you get right up close and personal, you know, with the art and we let you get around it and see it from all angles and it's lit really cool. And, uh, our, our, our goal is for, for it to feel like these creatures stepped right out of the screen and now they're standing in front of you. You know, it's not like so often that you can take a picture with a gremlin or you can <laughs> take a picture with the crypt keeper or things like that. Well, wait a minute. So, hold on. You have the crypt keeper. We do. We have the crypt keeper. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you, do you have any options for people to move in? <laughs> I will share a room with the Crypt Keeper. I shit you not. Yeah, sure. We could we could work that out for you. Absolutely. The Crypt Keeper does not want to share a room with you, unfortunately. <laughs> Why not? Rob, me and you, we get bunk beds put in there, work out something, me and you with the Crypt Keeper. No. <laughs> no, no, no thing. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, he's in a cool little um, you would share a nice space with him. We built like a whole little crypt for him, and he is really cool. He's he's all lit up and uh there's a nice big chandelier over him. We put kind of put most of the monsters um, in somewhat of a scene, you know, from from their film. So it, it created like these really nice photo ops. And um, we were per- very particular about the way we lit the museum. And uh, we, we just wanted I had said this earlier, but we really strive to make just like a very immersive and intimate experience. Um, there's really you're you're right on top of these things from the second you walk into the second you leave. And uh, I think one of the coolest things for us was seeing the pictures after opening night Mm. that that people were tagging us in. Um, We've, we've been in there for months and months since January, almost every weekend since January, we had been in there building and getting, getting it ready. Um, And I'd been taking pictures of everything and I could not believe how cool, you know, some of these photos uh, were coming out. People just really totally took it above and beyond. And the pictures that they were, especially in like our world of selfies and all that Instagram and everything, mm. you know, people were coming in and just leaving with the coolest photos. So it was really nice to see it through like somebody else's lens, you know, somebody else's eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- that That's something that caught me with, you know, I love Freddy Krueger in general. He's my favorite, but just the lighting of that whole scene with the shadow and it just yeah yeah like i it didn't go unnoticed you know and it's like it, there's one thing that getting all the all these um i guess characters together in, in art form is impressive as it is but that that whole scenery that comes with it brings it to just that other level 
of awesome. And it, it's kind of like you're in a scene of the movie, sort of. Yeah, exactly. That's we just really want from the second you walk through the door, we wanted to just kind of pick you up out of the real world and drop you into this uh, uh, world of horror. You know, and these monsters would never just be standing in, you know, just like a regular, you know, white wall gallery. I mean, right. Totally. They're all against stone walls and they're lit, you know, really cool in the shadows. And we have music and 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 sets. And um, we really just wanted to give like a proper display for the art. That was really my job. Um, you know, these artists had done such an incredible job. At, at making these creatures and it was my job to find a way to display them in the in the environment that was totally appropriate for them you know and make them look even even more badass than they already do right right uh jason before we let you go we have to ask we ask almost all of our guests if you had to give a top five of horror movies what would it be oof okay that's that's a really hard one it for is. me and let me, it's one of the, probably one, uh, you know, actually I get, what's your favorite horror movie? That's has been asked a lot. And that alone is hard enough for me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that my top, and it's a bit of an, an obscure one, my top uh, favorite horror movie that I would recommend. And I don't know if y'all will agree or disagree or know of it, but I love The Descent. Have you guys seen The Descent? Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of that movie. I had... I, come across it on a whim or whatever and i saw it and it ended up being one of my favorite horror movies so i would definitely recommend that one it's a bit of an obs obscure one it does have somewhat of a following though it's a pretty cool uh horror movie and if you, you have a fear of tight spaces and, and all that type of stuff it'll really mess with you so that would definitely be number one um i am a huge fan we also have them in the gallery and they're some of some of my favorites as well. I'm a huge fan of killer clowns from outer space. Oh yes. Yeah. We, we have two of them in the gallery and they are so damn cool and they look so real. They're awesome. You know, so I would say uh, killer clowns from outer space for sure. And then from there, I honestly, I would recommend everybody go back and watch the classics because I don't think that we would, be anywhere in this genre you know where we were if it were not for the classics and i always tell everybody to go back and watch the classics because um i, I think we need to keep those monsters alive you know i think we're yeah. we're very much caught up in the world of of slashers and, and and the modern horror and the gore and the blood and all that but it all stemmed back from the classics so i would say you know go watch your frankenstein and bride of frankenstein and dracula i know every halloween season uh, that's what I do. I put on the old black and whites and, uh, I, I just appreciate the genre because I think that we owe it to those, you know, old, uh, classic universal films. Absolutely. Uh, we wouldn't be here without them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo I love those old universal monster movies too. Yeah. They're great movies I, for whatever reason. I mean, I, I, I people don't watch them a, a lot unless you're like a diehard, but I just, I'm a big advocate, like go watch them because they're great movies. They really are. They're fantastic. And like we were just saying, we are where we are in this genre and uh, it's all, it, I mean, it's evolved so drastically, but it all stems back from the OG, like the, you know, the original universal monsters. Right. Now, have you seen Sharks of the Corn? Oh, I have oh, not. Mighty. <laughs> oh, is this uh, is this there? Is there a reason that I should or should not? Uh, well, I thought it was a masterpiece. Mikey hated it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting film about uh, cornfields full of sharks. 
Oh, one of those. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> you know I'm gonna, the story is old as time itself. I'll I'm do definitely it. gonna, uh, you know, maybe I'll embark on that one. Don't That's do it, Jason. <laughs> don't. I'm telling you, don't do it, man. It's god awful. Uh, there's, I, I've watched some questionable ones, but while while maybe not the best, always worth a watch. That's for sure. This was not worth the watch. <laughs> Have you guys happened to um um hear that Universal is op- in their new like epic universe that they're opening up? They are opening like a universe. There's a whole Universal Monster Land. I did. Yeah, it looks really cool, and there's some like a Dracula dark rut or something going on. I saw like the concept art, and it just looks absolutely badass. I can't wait to check it out. You know, there's not enough done with the Universal Marvel. I mean, we see it pop up in here and there, but it's not done um, justice because they are so damn important. And I feel like they're they're just whenever we get like what was it, that mummy movie we got not long ago? Like yeah. it, was, uh, it was so uh, bad. It was awful. It's so bad. And you took a character, like you have so much potential there. And I hope that Universal, much like uh, you guys are doing, Jason, can bring some justice to these characters. Cause you know, they're but you think black and white, and you know, kids nowadays aren't gonna get into that. But if you can present it in a way that you know a, a, especially a younger generation can kind of gravitate to it without compromising the, you know the characters in the movies right, you got right. something oh absolutely i mean i when i uh, i mean I, re- I still remember this i went to universal uh, when i was young and they uh, they had something called beetlejuice's rock and roll graveyard review oh and um it was the wildest show it was a show and you would sit down and it was <laughs> it was hosted by beetlejuice and it, it was a huge castle looking set and he would introduce all of the universal monsters beetlejuice and he would introduce them one by one dracula the wolfman they would all come out on stage and they would turn into these like rock and roll monsters and put on this crazy like rock and roll show and there was pyrotechnics and it was just the i mean definitely look it up if you haven't seen it it was like the wildest universal show to ever exist but it was the coolest thing you know and it was totally hokey and cheesy and 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 theme park but it was just so cool that they had such a massive platform for these monsters and slowly and slowly it all started to go away and then i heard of this like epic universe and universal monsters land so i'm hoping ex- exactly what you said that they can really bring justice to these characters and uh get them get them out there for the new generation because we need to keep up that level of appreciation you know we don't want to lose these monsters to time yeah well i think lee wanell did a good job with the invisible man yeah that i thought that that was uh really well done yeah updating that story and and making it something that uh a modern audience could latch on to yeah and and I guess they're going to make some more of those. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it. It, it gained a, quite a bit of popularity. And they they definitely modernized it. But still, I still thought it was really well done. Yeah. yeah. All, all these characters deserve the light to, in, on today's stage, except for shit like Sharks of the Corn. Is the moral <laughs> Stop it. of the story. The shark movies are the gift that keep on giving. It, it's an, another one. Like, Jason, you ever hear of Rubber? No. Well, Rubber's another fantastic work of art. No, but I did watch one, something about a killer turkey recently. Have you guys ever heard of that? Was that Thanks Killing? Yeah, that might be the one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Rubber's about a a killer tire. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, I have definitely haven't. I would remember if I had watched. It. Yeah, oh, you would remember this movie. <laughs> yeah, you would definitely remember that piece of shit. I don't. Remember. Jason, no tire exhibits, please, for the love of God, for rubber, please. No, I'll, I'll stay. I'll steer clear of that for now. <laughs> it would be an easier one. You just go to Goodyear and get like an old crappy tire. I don't use it anymore. Well, you know, what's pretty funny is when people come into the gallery, we have somebody uh, that we call our ghost host. And they, it really, they're just there to tell tell everybody the rules and whatever. Right. And um, he had made a joke to some of our customers that, you know, oh, if you look really close, you might find our Invisible Man exhibit. Uh-huh. And um, I, I'll have you know that the, the, a couple people just genuinely just it, the joke just went right over their head and they were in fact searching for the invisible man. <laughs> and I felt really awkward telling them when they came out. Yeah. I think it was just a prank. <laughs> you know, like, so it's just kind of a funny story from opening night, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I know what I'm doing tonight. I, I think I have a few interesting horror movies to watch. Oh God. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> Don't blame me. I don't want. I don't want any. Oh, no, uh, you guys are to blame. That's for sure. I uh, blame Mr. Rob Humphrey. But you know, I was thinking while you were talking, uh, like if I were to do a gallery like this, like I would just have stuff like that, like a sign that says "Invisible Man" and there's not shit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had made a joke about that after you know after we were they had come out and we were all laughing about it. I said we should just put a pair of shoes over in the corner of the room and put a plaque that says invisible man. People would get a kick out of it. <laughs> to it on the way out. That'd be great. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey we found it. There it is. Yeah that would be my my cheapest but probably most popular exhibit there. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Jason I appreciate you coming on so much. This was a lot a lot of fun. Um, I'd love to have you. We should have you back on around Christmas time and get an, a, an update on what's going on, because that's super interesting, too. I can't wait to see what you have going on now. And I'm already looking forward to the Christmas season. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me today. I, really, I appreciate it. And uh, I would love to come back on around the holidays. We're going to totally uh, revamp the place. It's going to be totally lit up for the holidays. And uh, I'd love to talk about it with you guys. This was a whole lot of fun. Thank you. If you do do the Invisible Man thing with the boots and the plaque for Christmas time, you should hang a hat from the ceiling and let it just drape down to nothing. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think that <laughs> great. sounds like a great idea. I'm going to hire you as my uh, artistic designer. Oh, for the don't, don't do that. There'll be leprechauns everywhere. Don't, <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> but but Jason, let everybody know your social media, the websites, wherever they can get in touch with you guys and set up a reservation to appreciate all this, this great art. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can book your reservation. Just go to longislandmonstergallery.com. Uh, you can go on there, pick a specific date and time. You get a 45-minute block. Um, if you want to hit us up on social media, you can go to Facebook and just do Monster Gallery Long Island. Same thing for Instagram, Monster Gallery Long Island. And we would appreciate that. So real quick, too, because I, I just thought of this. So when you reserve time, you have the whole that whole block is yours for the reservation or how does that work? Yeah. So we only sell 50 tickets uh, for for the 45 minute time uh, block. Okay. So you'll go on there and you'll say, you know, okay, I'm going to book for eight o'clock. You book for eight o'clock and you have from eight to eight 45 to be inside the gallery. And there's only, you know, whatever, 40 something other people, right. uh, with you and your group in there. And it's a big place. So, uh, our, our goal was to keep it intimate and that you would not be stuffed in there, you know, with a hundred people. Right. 
Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you get you get to, it gets too crowded. You can't enjoy things properly. I agree. Yeah, and um, every everything is a guided tour these days and stuff. And we want you to just go in and do your own thing and take your pictures and enjoy. You know, no pressure. Nobody's chasing you out. You know, nobody's rushing you through. You paid, and we want you to use all forty five minutes and enjoy your time in there. Great. You're keeping an eye on people, though, right? You don't want them like groping Elvira or whatever. No. <laughs> That'd be wrong. No, yeah, not. Uh, we do have some staff in there and they're okay, good. By, and uh, yeah, we have eyes everywhere just in case anybody decides to get a little uh, handsy with the monsters. <laughs> we, 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 haven't, we haven't encountered that yet. I'm sure as we get closer to the Halloween season, we're going to see some uh, very unique things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I look forward to sharing that with you guys as we when we talk again around the holidays. Yeah, we'll just go through a whole list of poor things thing, people did to these poor poor pieces. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, you're gonna need armed guards around that that tales of the crypt thing with me. I'm letting you know now. <laughs> oh yeah, we're putting uh, the crypt keeper behind glass when you show up. Damn we're, we're, <laughs> we're just do, do me a favor and just tase him when he shows up. <laughs> a preemptive tase. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, if that's how you're going to act around the the crypt keeper, I don't know about putting the leprechaun in there. And now, oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> second thoughts, you're going to need like a Brinks truck to bring that thing in. I can tell you, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> I'm having second thoughts now. <laughs> but uh, Jason, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we appreciate you very much, and thank you for what you're doing for the horror genre and all your hard work through all this, man. We appreciate you. Oh, guys, thank you so much. I, I truly appreciate that. I can't wait till you come down and see the place. I hope you guys have a uh, an awesome Halloween season. Good luck with everything. You too. And we'll be in touch. Thank you, Jason. Have a great day, sir. You got it. Thank you, guys. What the hell's wrong with you, man? What? Tell people <laughs> to tase me? What the fuck? Dude, I would love, if they got video of you getting tased, oh my God. Hey, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very, very special guest with us today. Uh, if you keep up with us on Twitter, I'm sure you're familiar. If you're into creepypastas, I'm sure you're extremely familiar. William Dolphin, how you doing, sir? I'm great. How are you? Good. Um, we all dodged a bullet today. Will, you, you have been vocal about your agreeance with one Rob Humphrey. <laughs> yes. It, it's, it's, it's scaring us, to be honest with you. It's not everything. It's I mean, I love Night of the Creeps. And that was that was really it. And then um there was something else I agreed with Rob on. The Rob Zombie thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. not a fan I'm not a fan of Rob Zombie. And which was, is funny because he was actually he grew up where I live in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Get out of here. Real oh Rob Zombie, you mean? Yeah, Rob <laughs> Zombie. No, not Rob Humphreys. <laughs> Wrong Rob. I don't even know Rob Humphreys. But yeah, you walk around with his with his face on on your chest. I do. My God, we're so sorry. Son. His eyes are right yeah. where my man boobs are, so they kind of bulge out. <laughs> it's almost like he's there. Almost. <laughs> William, you sir, have uh, we have some questions for you? All right. When we were exchanging back and forth, I'm very bad with tw I'm bad at Twitter. You know, I, I yeah, I'm really bad. I don't go to my timeline because it scares me. And I usually don't go really anywhere but my notifications. So uh, me and you had some really awesome conversations about horror movies and stuff. And uh, come to find out, like, I, you are a creepypasta writer. Yes. Um, yeah, writer I, in general. Um, 
I mean, it's it's kind of a hobby. I don't it, I don't do it professionally, although I've I've got a book that I've published of the stuff that I've written over the past 10 years. Right. I, I'm actually a software and uh, tester and engineer by by trade. Damn. So I, I just write on the side for fun. That's crazy to hear because you write on the side for fun and you have seen a great admiration from it. How does it feel to see Mad Whip, like, you know, stuff like that? How do you, how does it feel to see that kind of take its own world on? That one, uh, the Lily Mad Whip stuff, that's crazy. Like, I was not expecting what happened there. Um, that was sort of a test for me. Like, I had been writing for years uh, until that came along, and I sort of had um, people knew who I was, and I I would hear because I post all my stuff on Reddit. I don't know if you know Reddit. Um, yes. So they have the upvote downvote system. And there would be people who'd say, oh, I'll just upvote this story without even reading it because I love your stuff. And I was like, I don't really like that. I don't, I don't <laughs> like I want you to read it. You know, I, that's the whole reason I share it. So I, uh, I made a nom de plume and uh, I used an anagram of my name, which was Lillian Madwhip. And. I was like, I'm going to see if I can write a story using this account. Nobody knows who it is. There's no judgment on the story writing based solely on the name and uh, see how it does. And I guess I was lucky it exploded and it worked out for me. For elaboration on the story, were you posting uh, when you were posting stories to Reddit before Lily Madwhip? Were you, uh, was that still no sleep content or? Yeah, it was all it was all no sleep content. I, I've been writing since uh, 2011. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it's been pretty cool. <laughs> I got to, I've watched it grow up from this sub of like a few thousand to a, a default sub with millions of subscribers. <laughs> from something you did as a hobby, like that's got to be mind blowing to you. Yeah. It's, and I have my own book as a result of it. I never thought I'd have my own book. I didn't. I didn't ever think of myself as a writer growing up because I wanted to be a computer programmer. But uh, it's it's fun, you know. And I enjoy doing it. I've always loved horror uh, ever since I watched Poltergeist when I was five years old. So, ooh, okay. Well, you can write about anything you wanted. You know, you did it as a hobby. What I mean, obviously, you just mentioned Poltergeist being an influence. But like, what what? Why did you choose to write horror? Um, I it scares me, and uh, I enjoy being scared. I love reading. I I read Stephen King, Clive Barker, Ray Bradbury, Poe, uh, Lovecraft. You know all the classic uh, horror writers. So I just I love it. And the more you read, the more you start thinking about um, your own kind of you know what scares you, and then you. In my case, I wanted to share what scared me. How many of your, uh, it, it's kind of a dumb question, but I was going to ask how many of your uh, fears aligned with Lily's fears, like that whole clown shark. <laughs> Ooh, oh, <wow>. oh. <laughs> Parents <laughs> um, loving you kind of. Uh, I'm not afraid of clowns. No, but uh, <laughs> sharks, maybe a little. I don't like deep water. That's mm-hmm. like my my single worst fear is deep, dark water. I kind of I figure I must have drowned in a past life or something. <laughs> but other than that, 
her fears aren't me. It's more of just her thought process is me. And a lot of um, the things that she thinks also come from my kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interactions with my kids. The Because I interact with them on on kind of, I try to treat them like adults. And so they, they respond in somewhat a mature way. And from that, at the same time, they have kid thoughts and it's an interesting mix. And so I just, I'm able to put it to paper. I, I was going to ask, uh, I think that was one of the things that really drew me uh, to that story in particular was just the voice is so consistent and it, it feels very authentic, which is, um, I, I don't, I don't want to like, cause obviously you're a very talented writer is why, um, <laughs> but I, it does make me wonder how much, uh, like of yourself got into the character. Yeah. Um, quite a bit, quite a bit. I, uh, I have this tendency to, um, not sure the, the word, but to have one thought and then from that go off on a tangent and start thinking about something else. And I can, it, things like movies, uh, music, TV shows, any kind of sort of pop uh popular stuff um i can just keep going on and on and on about it and go off on all sorts of wild tangents and (laughs) so it's just sort of um what's the word where you're you're just spewing your thoughts out uh nonstop. a humphrey yes okay (laughs) i'm 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 humphreying all over the place on a regular basis i hope he doesn't listen to this just gonna make his ego worse so i just put that to writing Put Humphrey to writing. Yes. God, that's I scary. Humphrey all over the page. <laughs> <laughs> and people just, they love it and they drink it up. That's hilarious. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm just getting a million thoughts in my head of Rob using this now. This is, it's, it's okay. We know he can't use the Patreon and <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> Thank God. Um, You know, William, I, I want to get your take on this too, man, because yeah. it blows my mind. We've seen, we were there for all of us were there for creepy pasta when it started. Big thing, you know, we our view older viewers will remember, younger viewers just know it for what it is now. But yes. it has evolved so much in the time from when it came out to now, where there's just I, I would say close to probably millions of outlets for it, like you know, a ton of outlets for it. Oh, yeah. What do you what do you think about the the growth of the creepypasta realm in itself. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I think there's, there's a downside to everything really, but uh, for the most part, I'm, I'm really happy with just this fountain of horror that we've mm. got. And uh, the, the fact that anyone can, feels like they can step up and try their hand at it, you know, like everyone should feel like they can create, everyone should feel like they have the power to make something um and they do and and that's kind of what creepypasta is is anyone and any of you could even write a story that scares you and share it and it could spread like a virus and it's fantastic it's an awesome way of looking at it because it's true like you know you, like you said you use this you you were writing as a hobby and then it, it just blew up that's what i like about creepypasta so much it's a, such a fair chance you know if yeah. the content's good that's what rises to the top and you don't see that a lot 
you know? And I think it, it goes to the diversity of all the different places you can go with this content that it's like, you know, if there was any type of politics within, you know, a community or whatever it could be that that kind of gets pushed to the side in creepypasta a lot, which I love about it. Yeah. It's like the modernization of the urban legend. You know, it's the urban legends for the internet age or campfire mm. tales for the internet age. And just, there's so much of it now that it's just constantly coming. And uh, that can be somewhat of the downside because mm. if you want to share it, it can be very difficult to be seen because there's just so many other people sharing. And also as a writer, you have to be constantly on the lookout for somebody taking something of yours and taking credit for it, especially mm. since Creepypasta, at least in the when it first started, was very much anonymous because it was kind of like urban legends. So somebody would share a scary story and nobody would know exactly who originated it. Uh, these days, there's a lot more of writers taking credit for their work. Um, so that's that's a good thing. That's true. You should look at Slender Man. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That, that started on the Something Awful forums. Yeah. That was like way, way early creepypasta way, days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Slender Man's fantastic. I mean, I don't know that I like any new stuff, but the original Slender Man is great. The original game that was made from the creepypasta was fucking terrifying. And Marble Hornets. Yeah, Marble Hornets too. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool to see it evolve from, like we were talking, from Slender Man, which was just images which were super fucking creepy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then you kind of got into the Marble Hornets where it was, you know, kind of just found, not found footage. Well, I guess yeah, it kind of was. Footage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you get that, and now we get to the age of like YouTube and all these. It, it's just wild to see creepy pasta. Like I don't think it's ever going to go away. It just keeps evolving. I certainly hope it doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite creepy pasta? You you were talking about influences, and you brought up a lot of the classics. But was there an early internet legend that just got you spooked? Well, okay. I didn't know about creepypastas when I first started writing mm -hmm. um, them. I wouldn't really, I didn't, I didn't actually start writing them. I started writing on no sleep and then people started spreading them on creepypasta. <laughs> that was uh, going to be my, actually, that was going to be one of my other questions was uh, how involved in, in which communities were you? Cause I know there is a difference between the no sleep community and the creepypasta. Yeah. I start, I've always been on no sleep and people, took stories I wrote and started posting them on creepypasta websites. Um, but when I found out about creepypastas and I prepared for this, uh, <laughs> I knew somebody was going to ask that question. <laughs> My favorite creepypasta is called white with red. Oh, wonderful. And that is, I, if you don't know what white with red is about, it's about a man who goes to a hotel and he checks in and they tell him, they, they give him his key and they say, whatever you do, there's a door with a certain number and it's locked and just ignore it. Just go right on by it. So he, he does, but at, he, later at night, he gets interested as he's passing the door again and there, it's got a keyhole. So he looks through the keyhole and um, he sees a woman like facing away from him. And I guess she's like sobbing or something. I'm probably not telling it perfectly, 
and he's confused because he thought the room was locked and nobody was supposed to be in there. So he goes on by wondering who it was and later comes back and looks in, but all he sees is red, mm. like nothing but red. And he's, he's doesn't understand what happened. So he goes to the front desk and the, uh, the clerk at the front desk explains that, uh, Sometime back, a man and his wife went and checked into that hotel room and the man murdered his wife and then himself. And they were perfectly normal people, except that they were pale skinned and had red eyes. Ooh. Yeah, I was not familiar with that one. That is creepy. Yeah. OK. Creepypasta is phenomenal. But I would like to talk about a book that is on Amazon and Kindle. And it's called Don't Look Away, 35 Terrifying Tales from the Dark Corners. Hey, that's my book. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> and you're here today. This is Whoa. Perfect. What a coincidence. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. Okay. You you detailed all your, your passion for writing and all that. Yeah. What was what really made you say, okay, you know what? I'm gonna sit down and write a book. Um, I didn't sit down and say I was gonna write a book. Okay. So <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the answer. Like I said, I've been writing uh these no sleep stories for 10 years and about three or four years back um this guy that i'm friends with uh craig groshek who runs the uh chilling tales for dark night uh website and podcast and youtube page and everything mm -hmm. he's used a number of my stories for narrations and he said that they were going to be starting a big podcast uh and they were they wanted to use one of my stories uh for their first episode along with a, a story by edgar Allan poe and he said, this would be a perfect opportunity for you to advertise your book if you've got a book. And I said, I don't have a book. And he <laughs> said, well, I'm starting a publishing company as well. Would you like a book? And I said, hell yeah, let's make a book. Uh, so we got together and I said, this is how I want it to be. Here are the, here are the stories. Here's 35 uh, stories that I've written over these past seven or eight years uh, for No Sleep. And what I want to do is I want to... Uh, publish a book that's an homage to uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by Alvin Schwartz. I don't know if you know those books. Oh, absolutely. They've, they, I assume more people know them now that they made a movie about them. Right. Um, but growing up, those were the books for anyone that was a kid and a horror fanatic. Uh, because the, the illustrations by Stephen Gamel were just so disturbing and terrifying. And I said, I want illustrations because... Anybody can just read any of my stories on the internet for free. Why buy a book of them? Let's give them some illustrations and you know something creepy to look at. So we hired an illustrator, a fantastic illustrator, and uh, we had every single story illustrated, and then we we made it into a book. And that's what it is, really. It's all my free stories, but with someone else's <laughs> artwork. How difficult was it for you to narrow down? Because you said you've been writing for a really long time. So how hard was it to narrow down to just those 35 stories? It was actually hard to 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 get it up to 35 stories because really over the years, it's not like a consistent. Oh, yeah, this is a brilliant story. This is fantastic. I can't <laughs> wait to share this. It's it's more like, oh, this is great. And then you post you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> that story sucks so much. God, I wish I hadn't shared that. So it was it was. I wanted it to be a nice, uh, clear number, like 30, 35, 40. Actually, I wanted it to be 50, but I just couldn't get that many that I liked. 
Did you ever think about going back and rewriting some of your old ones uh, they to have, make it fit? They've all been edited. The ones that are in the book have all been edited, cleaned up. We, we hired several editors to help us with that. Uh, some of the ones that, that didn't make it are just, there's nothing that can be done about them. <laughs> <laughs> some of them I even Fair. took off my list. I have like a Wikipedia page on no sleep dedicated to listing every story I've written over the past several years. And uh, I, I took all the really, really bad ones off. Okay. Well, now let me ask you this. Um, yeah. not, not to deter from the book, but you bring up a good point. Because that I think that's with anything, but writing especially, I would imagine. Like, let's use Lily Madwood, for example. You know, mm-hmm. uh, How did you feel with that? Like, I, I would imagine since you went and made a whole new account, you felt it was strong, but like how often do you have doubts? Like, did you doubt that one at all? Like, how, how does that go? Uh, when I first was writing it, I just, I didn't even have an idea. I had a name for the account and then I came up with a title and then I just started pouring out the story as I went along. And I found it was just so much fun to write that I wrote another one. I think it was the next day, maybe two days later. Uh, and then I, I just, I don't know. I just really enjoy writing from her perspective because I feel free to be myself. Um, I don't have to make things elegant. I don't have to pretty up the prose. I can just write like a kid who doesn't even know all the words that I actually know. You know, I, I dumb it down a little bit because there are some things she doesn't, she should never know, not never know, but she doesn't know them yet. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I've always wondered about that because you know you hear a lot of times where people, you know, they they look back in movies. It, it happens a good amount too, where they just look and they're, you know, they're not positive. Like ah, this, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do this, and it turns out to be great, you know. And it's like that that as a creator, and especially with like I said with writing, because you're you can sit with it in a different way. I would imagine that that doubts do creep in with that stuff, but. You know, you, you never know what's going to, I guess, the, the different eyes kind of can see it a different way. Yeah, I've I've had uh, doubts every now and then, like, am I going in the right direction with this? But as long as I stay true to what I want to write and not let what other other people say they want the story to become, then I'm happy with the result, if that makes sense. Because I am my own, I am my first audience. And I tell that to anyone who wants to write is write something you want to read. You are the, because if, if nobody else reads your story, at least you will. And that's, you should write something that you enjoy in the end. I like that a lot. Yeah. Trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm my own worst critic. So a lot of, I, I write stuff all the time and then it just never goes anywhere because I finish it and I'm like, what the hell? Why did I? How did I get eight pages of this crap done? <laughs> All right. Well, the, um, uh, you said you wanted to get up to to fifty. You narrowed. You got got to thirty five with uh, yeah. the Don't Look Away book. Is there any hopes for maybe another one? Maybe you can eventually get to a total of fifty with it. Is there any thoughts <laughs> on something like that? Um, I want to publish Lily Madwhip. I want to get that okay. finally published. Um. And like like the other book, I kind of want to have it illustrated. I have to find a good illustrator that would do like a child's kind of illustration because it's not a kid's book by any means. 
Although I know <laughs> some people let their kids read the stories, but I feel like the illustrations of a book published by her would be her illustrations. So she should, they should look like that something a child would make. I mean, I have the drawing level of a child. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, my, my 11 year old offered to, to draw some illustrations for me, but she's, she's actually too good at it because she's been practicing anime and manga <laughs> style drawing. Uh, oh, we're qualified. She See? is over. How sad is it to be overqualified at 11? it's <laughs> amazing that, that's that's an awesome concept though man because it, it feels like obviously since uh you you're so engulfed in it having write it but you you really are staying within this world so tightly and i love that yeah me too i love building a mythology is what it is really it's you know world building just creating all these backstories for every character and and watching them evolve because I don't, I don't know constantly where it's going to go. I have like an idea, but then I have these characters that I know how they're going to act and what they're going to say, and I let them be themselves. And so sometimes I'll put them in a situation and I'll expect them to go in one direction, but then I'll realize as I'm writing, that's not how they would act. And then I have to let them go in the direction that they want to go, that they would go, and I have to adjust the plot uh, around that. That may seem kind of weird, but one of my biggest pet peeves in writing and uh, movies and such is when a character acts in a way that is unnatural to the way they've acted all the time before. And you see it all the time in, in horror movies, especially. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, it's a trope such that they even make fun of it in Cabin in the Woods. Oh. oh, what do you think about Cabin in the Woods? Oh, I love Thanks, it. It's oh, good. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, I wish I wish that there had been uh, something more than your your predictable uh, redneck zombies. Because <laughs> there were so many options. The that one that gets me all with. the time. I wonder what would have happened if they had chosen the Cenobite artifact. Oh, yeah. Like, I just I would have killed to see that movie. They they need to make more, but you can't because the world's destroyed. <laughs> I, I could do without more. More. <laughs> definitely could. Uh, Mikey and I get uh, into this all the time. Uh, Cabin in the Woods is my all-time favorite movie. and <laughs> Movie just in general? Yeah, just of all time. Oh, wow. And, and I despise it with and, passion. Mikey, so you, yeah. <laughs> you can see the conflict. What's your favorite movie, Mikey? Oh, um, all time? doesn't have to be horror. Just Kat said movie all time. Yeah, see, I have if I have to go horror, I, I might. And it changes, you know, all you the might time. say cabin in the woods. Is that absolutely not? <laughs> uh, um, I might no, night of the creeps. We know. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, it would be between scream and nightmare on Elm Street, uh, the original. Yeah. You know, but all, like all time, like I, I love I'm a movie connoisseur. Like I do love all genres, but it would be between Scream Nightmare on Elm Street for favorite movie of all time. But like I like stuff like um a Bronx Tale, you know, like that's up there. Like, that's a very powerful movie. Mm -hmm. You know, uh that that's probably the battle, honestly. Those three. For me, it would be um horror movie, it's it's definitely gotta be in the mouth of madness. Ooh, I love In the Mouth of Madness. I just, it's like the perfect representation of an H.P. Lovecraft story, but it's not an H.P. Lovecraft story. 
And Sam Neill is fantastic. Mm. And I love the way it messes with your mind. Yeah, that's a mental, a mental one for sure. But my absolute, uh, I guess it would be a toss up for favorite movie between The Fugitive and Tombstone. Ooh, I like Tombstone. Yeah, those are both movies I can watch anytime they're on. Yeah, it's so hard. I know. And it keeps getting harder because they just keep making movies. I know, <laughs> I know. Well, um, speaking of, of movies, uh, we can't let you out of here uh-huh. without talking to you a little bit about horror movies. If you had to um, to cook up like a, a top five horror movies to sit and watch, what would they be? Top five, well, definitely in the mouth of madness, as right. I said. Um, let me think on this just a minute. Yeah, it's that it's tough. It's really tough. It is tough. Um, the Ring. Ooh. Uh, the original Poltergeist, and let's see, The Thing. Oh boy! Oh God, you and Rob. Man, Amazing. I mean, that movie is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I, these are all. They all have their different. Uh, what makes them great? You know, right. Poltergeist is just terrifying, especially when you're a kid. And yet it's something that a kid could potentially watch. Although I'd say the guy tearing his face off in the mirror, mm. not the best thing for a kid to see. Mm. Um, in the Mouth of Madness is uh, just my favorite horror movie. Um, the Ring scared the shit out of me uh, when I was living alone after college. It was so terrifying. I had never seen anything like it. And I went back to the theater exactly one week later to make sure that I didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess number five, I'd say I like Insidious. Really? Yay! Yes. Oh, man. I'm a big fan of James Wan. I get into this all the time with Rob, because uh, I think people are too hard on Insidious. I agree. Yeah. They they don't they think that it's going to be like a, a haunting kind of movie and in a way it is but it I love that it uh, takes a twist on that with the whole um, leaving their body. It's got its own very deep mythology and it, it's got cool design and I think people are unnecessarily mean to that movie. Yeah, and I feel like the the insidious what is it four there are four movies. The first two are fantastic back to back. Three and four, not so much, but I appreciate that it made Lynn Shay into a scream queen at like 70 or 80 or however old she is. <laughs> yeah. You know, and but the first two work fantastic, especially when you see things in the first movie and then you watch the second and then you see them again in the second with a completely different explanation of what's going on. And it works. I don't like that movie. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, have you seen Malignant yet? I did. I watched it uh, last Friday, and it was not what I was expecting <laughs> for a James Wan movie. It it was different. Yeah, I I did not think it was it was pretty violent. I mean, he's been violent <laughs> before, but not like that. And uh, some I saw someone do a review of it where they talked about how it was like a nod to the Italian horror movies, and I can see that now. Yeah. Especially with the lighting and such. Absolutely. James Wan definitely has his own style and it's yeah. become, you know, pretty abused throughout hard uh, to say the least. But um, yeah, I'm not a insidious fan at all. So that's okay. 
That'll be an, an interesting episode. Poor Cat's going to probably get teamed on on that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nightmare on Elm Street. The original Nightmare on Elm Street is fantastic. Agreed. I've, I love Freddy over Jason, over uh, Mike Myers. We just need to have you on the show all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad for me. <laughs> I I'm getting picked on for this whole Freddy Jason thing a lot lately. <laughs> we need more Freddy people on the team. Hell yeah, Team Freddy. That's right. Isn't Team Freddy? I'm confused. Chris, Rob. Oh well, does Chris really count? Greg. <laughs> no, Greg's does a Freddy Greg's person. opinion matter? He's a big time Freddy person. Greg's a, a huge anti cat person uh there was shouting over the pinhead thing and and now oh <laughs> yeah well you know he is very uh Opinion, aren't we all? yes yeah some more than others yeah yeah <laughs> but william uh do you guys have any any other questions for for will before we let him go i can always talk more movies <laughs> <laughs> every time you talk movies it usually ends badly for me no i love scream the original Scream. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. No, no, no. We're going to go about the Scream thing. The Scream. Yeah, we are. Because right. uh, now I got you. Here. Oh, wait. No, Rob's not here. Damn it. I never thought I would want Rob here to back me up on something. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> What's your beef with Scream 4, man? Why does everyone give shit to that damn movie? I didn't give shit to Scream 4. I said it was better than Scream 3. Yeah, but you, it was the negative connotation. But I think that Scream 4 in general, a lot of people, I, you, not that you shit on a person, but it does get a lot of shit. But you, you seem to to shade it a little. What what do you what do you think about Scream Four? The thing I don't like about Scream Four is the uh, the motive for the killers. It just doesn't fly with me. The whole uh, trying to become famous by killing people or becoming the the new victim, but I'm actually the killer. It just it seems like. It, it makes it seem like anybody can just become crazy and start killing people. And I don't, I don't like it. I mean, to be fair, there are uh, a lot of true crimes that happen that people do it because they want to be famous. Oh, I agree. I agree. But uh, it just seems a little far-fetched that they could get away with it to that degree as a teenager in this day and age. I agree with that. And it also, and you might not agree with this, at that point, Scream 4, it's like, maybe if these were new characters. <gasps> oh, oh, My heart. My heart. <laughs> Stop. I mean, the, the, the Scream series, you know, the, uh, the TV series works because it's a completely new uh, group of characters being killed. And, and you don't know who's going to survive. But by Scream 4, you know Dewey's going to survive. You know Gale's going to survive. You know Sydney's going to survive because they always survive. And it's sort of them figuring out the killer, who the killer is while watching everyone around them die. And it's not the same uh, level of tension for me. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, it's crazy how Scream really flipped the script like when it came to sequels because... You know who's gonna live. You know that whole time, and though it turns into a who done it. Yeah. But like to me, that's exciting. I like that. I like trying to figure out who the hell is behind the mask. Yeah. Except for I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Oh. 
And you knew you you knew Sydney would live in the first one, but you didn't know anyone else would. That you had a final girl, but then you had Gail as well, and Dewey, and um, I'm blanking on Jamie Kennedy's character's name. Randy. Randy. Thank you. And then of course the second one is fantastic, and they did they they killed off Randy, you know, which worked. Now suddenly you don't know who could die. It could be any one of them. It should have been any one of them except for Randy. I'm still mad about that one. Guys. I, uh, yeah, I liked Randy. <laughs> I, I am too. Randy being gone was very sad. That's why three sucked. <laughs> he was like Wash in Firefly, you know? Oh, when, leave when, from uh, the wind. <laughs> when they killed off Wash in Serenity, it's like, well, any one of them can die now because they killed the character that everybody loved. Yeah. I can see that. I guess, But now with the new screen coming out, Mm-hmm. There are kind of talks of a passing of a torch going on, so we we don't know now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see. I don't know man. if they, they if they, they pass they the torch. Fantastic! It could very it could very well be a great movie. That doesn't piss you off though that they pass the torch. Yeah, like I, it's hard for me to, and I I admit this is a fault. I, I get it. I don't like seeing the passing of the torch because it sucks. You know, it's like damn man. Like, what if Nev Campbell goes like that? What do we do then? Don't even say that. Is there any part that because uh, uh, my my cousin slash old co-host Bobby was very good with that. He would he could let a character go and he's ready for the new generation. And I like I admired that about him to to a point because like I wish I was like, I, I can't let go. And it seems like you can easily, though. I mean, which one was it? Uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Was it Dream Warriors where Nancy died? No. Yeah. 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 Dream Warriors. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So he killed Nancy in Dream Warriors. And I thought, you know, that was a passing of the torch. And it was a fantastic one. Just, although they then killed that character in like the next movie, didn't they? Yeah. 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 And then we got the rest of them. <laughs> and then, and then it, be, it started going down the, the trail of the, just new characters. All of them die. Yeah. For one. Oh, I was just going to try to stick up for Alice as a final girl, because I actually liked her more than Kristen. Was Kristen the yeah. one in between? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it she got kind of shafted on movies because she had to put up with Dream Child. So the the whole thing just doesn't even matter at that point. Um, <laughs> when, that was rough. I apologize rough for what I said about uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Was it four, five, and six that you guys got all up in arms about? I don't watch those as religiously as I watch one, two, and three. So I just sort of lumped them all together because they they don't resonate with me. They're just sort of like, they're the back of the class. Yeah. Doing spitballs while the <clears throat> one, two, three, a new nightmare are up front, sit, you know, sitting up straight and paying attention. Oh, we You're just right. have a lot of like, we, it takes nothing. You can say a nightmare in Elm Street and we'll start fighting amongst ourselves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but William's a million percent right because we're doing our ranking next month. So I'm kind of going through uh, Halloween, Friday, and Nightmare and rewatching the ones I need to brush up on and haven't seen in a while. I watched four, five, and six. I couldn't remember them that well. And yeah. Yes. And. Uh, I know one of them's got Roseanne Barr in it. Oh, that's... Lord almighty. Wait, the <laughs> worst one. <laughs> but that's not true, Dream Child. That's, Sometimes that, I just block dead, Dream right? Child that's from Freddy's my mind. Dead. Yeah, Freddy's dead. Hmm? 
Freddy's Dead's got to be worse. It's Dream not. Child's bad. We're ranking it, and Dream Child is going to be below Freddy's Dead. Damn. I'm going to die on that hill. Uh, <laughs> what makes it so bad for you? I The plot was bad. I think it had, like, I so there's a decline. There's, like, a general decline in the quality of Nightmare on Elm Street movies as they I go agree. along. Absolutely. But, Freddy's dead knew that and they leaned into it and that made it entertaining for me like it I I'm not gonna say it was good I'm not gonna say it was better than like any of the other ones but dream child was just like right at the bottom of that pit for me where like the quality was bad but they hadn't quite realized how bad it was yet um and I just I didn't like the plot either uh the acting i felt was the worst in that one and you had to wait a long time for the kills which were pretty cool but like if you rank any of the nightmare on elm street kills i, I don't even think dream child w- was better than freddy's dead or i'm not gonna sit here and defend it <laughs> four has the kid that's like turns into a comic book character isn't it or is that five that was five oh. yeah. yes yeah uh, four also has like a lot of nostalgia for me. I I liked I watched four a lot as a kid, and I don't know why that was the one that I watched all the time as a kid. But that one's got a special place in my heart. Is four where they finally reveal that he's like the bastard son of a thousand maniacs, or is that three? Uh, so, yeah, like, all this history stuff, I I get it. Blended. Yeah, is that five though. Oh, five was where they show it, but they mention it before oh, okay. that, and I don't remember yeah. if it was three or four. I think it's the one where his mom shows up as like a ghost nun. Three, that was three, three then. Yeah, okay. yeah. but you know, three is so good. All three is amazing. I think four hit that sweet spot of Freddy pretty well, to where like yeah, the movie wasn't perfect, but Freddy was so good, and it wasn't like to the point where we got Freddy in five. It, it was it was a really good Freddy Krueger. So it's like how I'm sorry, Freddy Krueger is the shit. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm gonna try not to go off about it because we're gonna talk a lot about it in the upcoming month. But it, if yeah. you have Freddy, you already have so much. And as long as you can put a passable movie together and keep Freddy, Freddy, you're good. Well, when you say Freddy, keep Freddy as Freddy. Are you saying Freddy is like this? masterful dream manipulator killing kids or do you mean freddy like they had in four five and six where he's kind of a <laughs> jokester and always has a quip or a one-liner as he kills people and he he almost seems like a comedian that kills people in their sleep as opposed to a monster that you should be afraid of see normally like on paper i would say i want the monster but freddy i like both and you, there is a level you have to align, you have to walk to get both right. And I think four walked that line the best with the comedic mm. in there. They did it the best because five was just way over the top. See, I think that's I think that's three for me because that scene where um, he picks the girl up uh, out, he, he turns it comes out of the TV right. and picks her up <laughs> and yeah. smashes her into the TV set is terrifying and funny at the same time and just it's the kind of death that you can't look away from right it's not overly gory but it's still pretty violent yeah they had some blood in there too on three yeah three was the best to well three and original you know toss them but yeah that was a good but they 
four had more of that comedy than three by a noticeable margin. It, it, Freddy's just such a cool character, man. But with anything, you can go too far, yeah. you know, and four and especially five went way too far. What I'm hearing you say is oh, that you would like Freddy to be more serious. Um, yeah. and <laughs> but not too serious. Well, we did see that new nightmare now. We we see new nightmare. That was a bad. See, that's why it's hard to argue. That was a machine, <laughs> a killing machine, and it was fucking awesome to see. Love new nightmare. Yeah, I think the thing about new nightmare is just how meta it mm. is, mm-hmm. because it treats the movies like they're movies, but then it treats itself like it's not. You know, right? I mean, they had Freddy Krueger listed as Freddy Krueger in the damn credits for it. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. Wes Craven was fantastic director. He he's the king of horror to me. You know, like I mean, you John Carpenter and like I get it, but damn Wes Craven, he had two of them. He did. He was a teacher where I went to college. Not when I not when I went to college, but right uh, before he became a director, he used to teach at Clarkson University where I went to college. How big of a deal is he there at that school? That when I went there, the, every year they would have a Wes Craven night where we would watch. Uh, That's three, awesome. A bunch of his movies. That's amazing. Right? Wow, that's fucking cool, man. My absolute favorite of his. I love A Nightmare on Elm Street, but special place in my heart for The Serpent and the Rainbow. Ooh. With Bill Pullman. Mm-hmm. So okay. good. And just, it's terrifying. He was amazing, man. He was amazing. Well, we lost him too soon. Definitely. Yeah. I wonder how he would, like, it would, see, he was able to evolve so well, too. You're like, how would he handle nowadays like even from screen four um you know i guess pop culture or whatever you want to call it it, it, it's changed like how would he handle it i would love to see a 2021 Wes craven movie i don't know i mean wasn't he he was doing like music of the heart by then yeah but i I feel like he could jump back in yeah maybe yeah i don't know it's nice to think about though yeah but, Will, we took up a lot of your time tonight. <laughs> no problem. We, was, we are very grateful you for coming on. We, I, Seriously, man, I love I love guys like you. Just, I mean, like us. Love talking horror. And, yeah. Um, actually, not only loving to talk horror and, and consume, but going out and taking that extra step and creating and adding to the genre, which is a special, special thing. And um, oh, uh, one more time, tell everybody you got your books on Amazon, right? Yes. Uh- William Dalfin, if you just Google me, you can find it. It's called Don't Look Away, uh, 35 Terrifying Tales from the Darkest Corners. I just came up with the Don't Look Away part. Um, and I just want to say, go out there and, and make something, you know, do draw something scary, write something scary. You know, you can do it because there are millions or thousands of people doing it every day. And I'd love to see what other people do. Awesome message. After yeah. my man said, Google me. Google me. Yeah. <laughs> Google me, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll Humphrey all over the place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is great. I, I get just so Humphreyed every time people Google me. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to like come back anytime and talk movies with you guys because I can absolutely. just, I could absolutely just go on and on and on to the point oh, that you might wish that I would stop. 
that would deal with Rob. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're well prepared for those packs. You know what, William? I'll tell you what. We yeah. will figure out a date we're going to do in the Mouth of Madness. You're going to be here for the damn thing. Okay, I'll rewatch it. Yep, and we're gonna throw. I have. I've only seen that. I believe like once, maybe twice, forever ago. Don't remember it well. Oh man, we'll see. Yeah, you <laughs> absolutely. You should do like the uh, the Apocalypse trilogy by Carpenter. I can't tell if you're being mean to me or not. I <laughs> no. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, uh, Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness. I've never seen Prince of Darkness. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good. I, that's that's another one of my favorites. It's it's hard to uh, I I I would never put it on a top ten list because I know that anyone would else would go and watch it and be like, what the fuck was he saying? Why is this on here? But actually, if you like those eighties movies, mm-hmm. like uh, in the uh, you know A Nightmare on Elm Street, you should watch Prince of Darkness. Okay, and it's got Alice Cooper in it. So oh damn, wow, that's. Dallas Cooper makes things interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'll be nice. Um, yeah. Uh, William, let them also know uh, your Twitter, oh. any websites or anything. Like, wh- wh- where can they get in touch with you? Oh, sure. Um, I'm on Twitter as W D A L P H I N. That's W Dolphin. And William underscore Dolphin on Facebook. That's my uh, my fan page for my writing. Um, yeah, that's those are the two places that I'm I exist. William, again, thank you very much for coming on, man. I mean, you obviously we're we're all going to keep in touch, and like if, if, seriously, for anyone who isn't keeping us keeping up with us or William on Twitter, like yeah, there could be just a flash debate. Yeah, and I love that shit. Like I really do. Like I I really I I hate Twitter, and because people are so damn boring on there sometimes. But when I can get a good debate going, like we've gotten a couple of times. And people jump in and yeah like it's just it's really a lot of fun like anyone who's sleeping on the horror twitter community shame on you i agree but william thank you very much for joining us sir and we will definitely be in touch we got to do that other movie all right thank you all for letting me be on here and Anytime. Uh, when you do in the mouth of madness just send me a, an invite and i'll come talk with you about it there we go and you'll have your humphrey yes i'll <laughs> i'll have my cup with me and i'll no. wear the shirt <laughs> and you won't even know it because the the video will be off but i'll slowly caress it oh, oh god. god that's too much <laughs> i don't want to think, think of anybody caressing rob ever ever oh, man. i'll pinch what? his eyes oh okay that, that's fine yeah do that okay yeah make a voodoo doll shirt yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you so much thank you. Man. We, we will definitely be in touch and um i appreciate you brother thank you very much you guys have a great evening you too Okay, we are back. We just uh, wrapped up the interviews with Jason from the Long Island Monster Gallery and Rob's buddy, which you miss. We have Rob here, actually, by the way. Yep. Rob? Mm-hmm. And I'd like to call a horror court right now. Oh, hell! For all the shit I know you guys talked about me when I wasn't here. Wow! I haven't heard it yet, but I know you said some shit, and I'm coming for you soon. <laughs> So if you want to go ahead and plead guilty ahead of time, now's your chance. No, I think you'd be really proud of me. I stayed on Mikey's case pretty much the whole time. <laughs> she did, Rob. She she picked up the slack of you not being for the William interview. She did. She brought up uh, Cabin in the Woods. She shit on screen four. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Well, she's okay. You just somehow. Um, actually, the other one Rob's not going to be happy about, so we'll, we'll leave that one. <laughs> Which one? Uh, I, I did get a little bit defensive about Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Nightmare on Elm Street, it's fine. Like, I don't hate it. I don't know why you guys think I hate it. <laughs> she also uh, said that Ghost should replace you, Rob, since we're snitching. Well. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll see how this show goes over without me around. Nobody buying a t-shirt with Ghost face on it. Oh, damn it. Like I was saying, too, like, I, I don't know how well that would go for me. Like, I know what I'm going to get from Rob. Like, I know the landmines to avoid with Rob. <laughs> like, cattle come from out of nowhere. Ghost will, too. So I don't that I might be better <laughs> off with Rob, unfortunately. Everybody's better off with Rob. Oh, my God. You can join my cult, Mikey. Oh, yeah, you have a cult on. <laughs> Can't we go back to, like, now? I was just saying how it was weird not having Rob around, and now he's here and I'm annoyed already. <laughs> Damn. Actually, you can't join my cult. It's women only. Oh, right. And you have to be naked, apparently? No, I, I decided against that. And that was, a, that was a step too far even for me. <laughs> but I, I did kick all the men out. I picture <laughs> Rob sitting at his computer staring at the naked button going, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, th this was, I think, guys, this was a really fun thing for, uh, uh, th I mean, and, and not only that, this is episode 200. Then. No, yeah. 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 200, we got the the week of the anniversary next week. I mean, mm -hmm. damn. Milestones everywhere. Yeah, and I said a bunch of nice stuff about Rob that he's not even, see, you were being mean to me and calling horror a preemptive future <laughs> hardcore. I know what's coming. I'm going to listen. You are going to owe me an apology. Mm -hmm. You're going to be we'll horror-corded next week. Yeah, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I'm glad you had your preemptive horror court and, and a f our first future horror court scheduled one. I'm going to demand an apology in next week's horror court now. You're going to counter horror court me? <laughs> yeah, this is going to be, that's my defense, damn it. You're going you're right. to feel bad for yourself. All right, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I have little faith in you guys. <laughs> Wow. wow. <laughs> Great teamwork, Rob. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. So this was episode 200. Uh, like I said in the intro, I feel like this is it's a good kickstart into the, the October month that we're approaching now. And uh, I mean, what way to do it than, than a creepy pasta author, writer and uh, a horror art gallery? I mean, this is everything you need to, to get going. And I think it's a different route, too. So. Yeah, it's a little different than the stuff we normally do. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, that's another thing, Cat. He brought what? up sharks of the corn to this poor guy. <laughs> the guy said he liked Jaws. I was like, you know, if you like that, you'll like this. Oh, yeah. Amazing. They're the same movie. Absolutely. Damn it. Um, he's never going to come on the show now. He brought up that. <laughs> rubber was talked about. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't even bring up Rubber. You brought up Rubber. I didn't say anything about it. Katsy, you left us alone for a little bit. Look what happened. We I know. Again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Um, all right, guys. So be sure to check us out on all of our outlets. Thank you, Ghost, for um, uh, hopping on with us for the, the half of this episode. You can catch her. What the hell is her Twitter handle? Ghost, oh. ghosty, I, ghosty J with a zero, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Okay. At ghosty J with a zero. At least she got rid of that algebra shit she had. Oh yeah, it was confusing. It was ridiculous. Fucking come on, ghost. You can go check her out on Twitter. Uh, you can check me out at Mikey's Dead. You can check the show out at Slasher Radio. Uh, we're also at slasherradio.com. You can check out all of our 
interviews, episodes, articles, and uh, our shop, which you can also go check out some of the hottest merch and horror. Our Patreon, please support the show. Uh, we have tiers. Cheap bastard. <laughs> we, we have tiers starting as low as $3 a month. You'll get all of our regular episodes there, all on one feed. You can get our regular episodes ad-free. You know, that's another thing. Hold on. I might start a fucking horror court right now. I'm not even going to look it up because I'm not even going to say the name. Someone left uh, a review for us on iTunes, which we would appreciate if you would do, by the way. Uh, (laughs) He left us a four-star review. It might have been five-star. I don't remember. But he said we are a little ad-heavy. Uh-huh. Okay. um, It costs money to run this show. Our time aside like that alone like you know we we put a lot of i mean we had two recording sessions almost three for this episode alone and all this stuff i mean we're part of a network where like that's how it goes guys you know if you don't want ads you can support us for a very low fee on the patreon get an ad free version of the show right right but instead you're just a cheap prick who wants to bitch about ads right yeah get out of here we don't even want you to listen anymore i don't know who you are but go away (laughs) Hold on, you can Ow. still listen to us. It's it's okay. Yeah, yeah, you, you can still listen to us. Um, but yeah, you get the ad free version of the show on Patreon. You get the Easter egg if you guys missed that. It is on the Patreon. We do all kinds of stuff. We do watch alongs, uh, commentaries, which we need to schedule at some point sooner oh, yeah. or later. Yeah. Um. Uh. We do watch parties, which uh, also hopefully there will be more of those. Uh, Patreon only. There's all kinds of stuff on the Patreon. There's even a tier where you get every three months you are subscribed, you get the merch. Mm-hmm. And, of course, all the fabulous entertainment on the Lord Humphrey Audio Entertainment oh, Network. Shit. I was hoping not to, to have to mention that. <laughs> but, yes, Rob is right. We do an extra show every week, which we are about to record now. Uh, what the hell is that? Oh, Killer Beats. It's a new Killer show. Killer Beats. Is- it's a new show, yeah. Yeah, I'm contributing to the Lord Humphrey Agitation Network, and <laughs> uh, thank you, Nesto. And uh, we're going to be playing each other because we have very different tastes in music, the three of us. And uh, we're going to be playing music for each other, a song of our pick, and discussing and probably yelling at one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, we have uh, Versus, which is a, a horror topical show. We have all kinds of stuff, some horror topics, some not. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash slasher radio. Man, that's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. a fucking pro. <laughs> uh, also, the Twitch, real quick. The, we've been throwing down on Friday. It is, we we are phenomenal at what we do on Friday the 13th. I want to just start by saying that. Uh, some of the best gameplay you'll ever see, and we have some laughs, man. So, uh, twitch.tv forward slash slash radio see i did so good on the first one well, now, no, now you're falling apart Fuck. jinxed me bastard uh <laughs> where they find you rob i am on twitter at radio rob one two three and you can find uh my other show this horror life which i co-host with ghost uh wherever you're listening to slasher radio there you go uh cat where you at uh, you can find me on Twitter at cat underscore velour, V-O-L-E-U-R. You can also check out the horror channel that I write for on YouTube, Blood Binge. Nothing to piss off Rob lately, huh? Not lately, but only because we're on brief hiatus. Uh, <laughs> nothing really bothers me. I got thick skin. Crazy Rob. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Rob. Oh, and, and don't forget, Jason's a bitch, apparently. What was it? 
He's an idiot. Oh, he's an he's idiot. An idiot. Right, he's, he's an, an idiot. idiot. Well, he is. So <laughs> he's not dumber than Leatherface. I'm well, sorry, he's not. See, what, Mikey, you start <laughs> trouble. That's your problem. I like how I laid out for it too. Just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back, Rob. Uh, <laughs> check us out next week, guys. Uh, we will be doing our Patreon pick, and uh, let's see what they put us through. We don't know yet. Oh God. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're gonna have to rethink this Patreon pick thing. It seemed like a good idea at first. Join Patreon. You could torture us. Yeah, all our Patreons are dicks. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, sign up. Please support. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> check us out next week, guys. Good night from Slasher Radio. you got to stop picking on the Patreon. Whatever, man. <laughs> all the best of Slasher Radio podcast. Thank <laughs> you.